all things related to mothering. This is a community where we aim to create a comfortable space that allows for active discussion without judgment. Find us at thecuriousmother.com and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at thecuriousmother. Our podcasts are meant to be safe to listen to in the car, around your kiddos, or anywhere you need a break. We will warn you if the discussion is inappropriate for young ones, as this particular discussion is. We are so happy you have joined us. Hello, and welcome back to The Curious Mother. I'm Kristen Daly. And I'm Melissa Miller. So, Melissa, what have you been curious about lately? Well, I think a really fun thing to discuss would be uh, talking about why we do or don't talk to our kids and teach kids correct names for our body parts, meaning penis and vagina. Okay. (laughs) Glad for the clarification. (laughs) So, uh, Melissa, are you a proper words family? We are a proper words family. And uh, I always laugh because I think it really throws some of my friends off when they hear my kids using the proper terms. Uh, But we have. We always have been. But I will say we are a proper terms family, and we also like to sprinkle in some slang (laughs) just for humor. So while, yes, my daughter will use the word vagina, we also uh, use lady flower, um, hoo-ha, tidbits, With my son, we really just taught penis, but now that he's in elementary school, he comes home with a lot of really fun slang words. Nice. Uh, So his favorite is dingling. Okay. Um, And then there's other more crass ones that just make me shudder. So we really try to stick to penis with him. (laughs) How about you? Are you proper? Um, Yeah, I like to stick to the penis. Um, (laughs) um, It's funny because I um, I did not – There was information that was kind of left out when I was being raised. We had these books when I was growing up that were – it was a man's body – a woman's body, and a child's body. It was a, <laughs> one of those book series that you would get, I think, from like Time Books or something yes. like that. And um, so we were obsessed with these books. I remember they stayed on my parents' dresser like all forever. But um, we that was where I learned a lot of information, um, but probably not all the information that I really needed. Like yeah. in particular, never learned about periods until after they happened and oh. thought I was dying. So, oh. um, so I that might decided- be a little startling. <laughs> Yeah, so I decided to take a little bit of a different approach. And so um, we have always used proper words. And I'm trying to think if we ever really use slang. And I don't know that we do. Um, Now that my kids have gotten a little older, um, maybe – just but but for the most part, always use proper words. It's funny. When I was – when I was younger, what a, a doctor friend of mine was actually pretty startled by the fact that uh, my toddler son could refer to his penis and um, said that it just felt really uncomfortable to her. And I was in, I was really surprised by that. And I was like, well, what, what do you say? And she's like, well, it's just their bottom. And, um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess I, I do tend to really go overboard with the information. Um, I know that that is my flaw, but I guess I feel like I'd rather like go in the direction of too much information right. than not enough. So, right. yeah, we have had many discussions about um, their proper body part words. And I, I do – I feel a little afraid that maybe my household is a, a, a source of information for other households, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bring up – you said kind of an older doctor friend of yours. I think that there's a big generational difference between the comfort level of talking about body parts – um, I don't. I don't think my mom used a lot of correct terms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but I do I actually have a lot of friends who I think are really uncomfortable with teaching the correct terms. I I'm going to give a shout out to one of my best high school friends, Anne. I was talking with her about this. And I said, well, what do you what do you say? And she was like, no, we do not use penis and vagina. We use front butt and back butt. Oh. <laughs> wow. I think there's actually a band called the Front Bottoms. <laughs> wow. I, um, a, a really funny so, story. So nothing but butts, huh? That's right. That's right. It's, okay. all, it's all a butt. It just okay. is it in your front or your back. Okay. Um, and then uh, one of our dear friends that uh, we're both friends with, Lauren, uh, she has a funny story that she was raised with um, calling her lady parts the popo oh. or popos. And so, you know, does your that's how they referred to it, your popo. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until high school when she heard she was at a party and the police showed up and somebody said, uh, watch out, the popo's here. And she w- looked around like, what? Why are they talking about vaginas? The police are here. So that's one of my wow. all-time favorite stories. Wow. Yeah, I had, um, you know... I- I had this one experience. I was working in a um, a lab at CMC or at the big hospital downtown, and um, in this lab, my job was to label tubes of blood and body parts. And um, it was oh, body parts. <laughs> yes, it was my first job out of college, and it was really crazy to me that I had a bachelor's in biology, and basically, I was authorized to put labels on tubes of blood, and that was the only thing in the lab I was allowed to do because I didn't have this uh, certification you needed to run any of the machines. <laughs> but um, it's funny because at one point we had gotten this. Um, pretty large it was about the size of a quarter um kidney stone and uh one of the other ladies who was working in the lab with me uh had said you know I was I was just in awe of the size of this kidney stone and she said oh well it's really okay because it it came from a woman like and I, I looked at her and I said you do know you don't pee from your vagina right oh my gosh and it was so sad because it really kind of stunned her and confused her a little bit um and she also happened to leave that job to work as a biology teacher for one of the local high schools. So hopefully she figured that biology out before she was in front of a class. We hope she had a model that she could see, like, oh, different or different yeah. systems completely. Yes. <laughs> so why do you think it matters? Like, tell me about um, why you made the decision to always use the right words. Um, okay, so our biggest reason, I'm going to highlight why with one of my favorite stories, Um we had uh, one of my oldest, my oldest daughter, well, my oldest yep. child is a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she had, we had a babysitter and she was uh, one of our preschool teachers. So we really trusted her. She's great. But um, my dad was probably four at the time and she had uh, a little situation going on that she needed cream for. And I had given the preschool teacher a heads up of, hey, there's just a little something that you might need to use this cream. If she's just uncomfortable, she'll let you know. And so my daughter said to her, I, I really need the cream. And the babysitter said, oh, honey, does your bottom hurting? And my daughter said, no, my vagina does. <laughs> and my poor preschool teacher was super uncomfortable with it and kept trying to just say, your bottom. And the next day, my, my daughter said, I kept telling her it was my vagina, and she just didn't seem to get it. <laughs> but that highlights that I wanted, if something's wrong, she needs to be able to accurately talk about it. We don't need the whole our whole bottom region to be one big mystery. Like, yes. there are clear, distinct 
parts that we can be talking about. And if something's wrong, let's talk about specifically what is wrong. Yeah, it's interesting because having two daughters, and so I was an only girl in my family, and um, so I have no idea what it's like to have a sister. But um, having two daughters, like they often, even though they're getting older, they still like to take baths together. And so I feel like they have like been able to get to know Lady Anatomy in a way that um, that most people don't because they kind of they sit in the tub and they compare notes on right. what's going on right. down there. And um, it's kind of funny because at times it turns into a little bit of like mom quizzing, you know, like of what it, well, what is this part and what is that part and. Um, so it definitely keeps me on my toes with all of my anatomy um, uh, information. But at the same time, I think it's been really good for them because there's not a lot of confusion about what their own bodies have. Yeah. And so we had come across an article in the in New York Times, which actually spoke specifically about why it does matter for us to um, label body parts correctly. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was it actually stated that um, – kids learn the names of body parts better from their parents versus teachers. And um, I know sometimes folks rely on the idea that at some point they're going to get sex ed in school. Mm -hmm. And it really seems like it sets them up for success more if they learn it from mom and dad. Right. Also, bringing that up, um, they learn it better, but also I think that that they learn better body image if they hear it from us. Because I think if we don't teach the proper terms, what we are messaging to our kids is that these body parts are dirty or nasty Mm -hmm. or shameful and we can't talk about them so Mm -hmm. we have to invent these fluffy words to not talk about what's real and I think that that make that creates a sense of shame about our bodies like I have this body part that we can't even talk about or name it's so bad yeah and I think I you know, I think it also plays into, um, like, one of the f- pieces of feedback I've heard about why not to use the right words is that it it's sexualizes your kid it, or it takes away their innocence. What do you think about that? I, I can't get behind that. I understand why people, because as adults, we associate sexual uh, experiences with these body parts. But to our kids who are young, they're just body parts. This is where we poop and we pee and, what you know, and... It's not sexualized, and they're not, as soon as they learn them, they don't think about the sexual uh, product of them. So I think that once kids learn about what sex is, which is very different than teaching the body parts, right? Step one is anatomy, just knowing your body and being comfortable with it. It has nothing to do with sex until a much later age. But even then, like, shouldn't they know the correct terms so that they understand what sex is when you teach it to them? Yeah, I had um, my my poor son. Um, I, we found out when we, we were pregnant with our third. He asked me, um, you know, I'm giving him. I, he asked me, "How did the baby get in there?" And um, so I was like, "Okay, I'm being asked. It's time for me to tell." And so I went through the entire story. How know. old was he? <laughs> he was um, four and a half. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and I, I unfortunately, like, really didn't leave out any details. <laughs> and um, that night, you know, it was funny because I, I asked him if he had any questions. His only question was, like, do you have to do it in a bed? And <laughs> I was like, uh, well, well, we can deal with that later. But um, he uh, – that night I was giving him a bath, and he was like, man, I can't wait to get to daycare on Monday so I can pee in Emily and we'll make a baby. Wow! <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, God. 
gosh, I had not thought about the fact that I was now unleashing this information. Like, not only was he loaded with information, but now he's going to share the information <laughs> and kind of maybe missed a few parts, like, or some, you know, understanding. And then the worst part was I had to call Emily's mom and explain to her. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, um, you know, and we, it was very sweet. We'd love for the, the, our kids to, uh, to have a relationship, but not yet. And, um, <laughs> but, and, and it's, the funny thing is, is she, um, is director of the children's program at our church. And, um, so I explained to her what had happened and I was like, you know, he asked. And so I gave him all the information and she said to me, the whole story? Did you give him the whole story? <laughs> and I was like, well, yes. And she was. She said, why is that developmentally appropriate? <laughs> and I was like, well, yes. In retrospect, maybe he did not need the whole story. <laughs> I, was, I was like, maybe I, I did a little too much detail, you know. And uh, yeah, she. I just. She was totally shaming me for um, going into too much detail. Which so I, yeah. what we're saying here is we are not talking about. Sex ed. Yes. We are talking about body, body parts. parts. <laughs> and exactly, I think your your point was excellent, Melissa, that knowing the body parts doesn't mean they know the whole story. Right, right. They just know the current function that is of yes. use to them. Exactly. <laughs> so why else would it matter for them? So, that, so we have the whole body image and mm-hmm. then my body shouldn't be disgusting or wrong. But why else would it matter for them to know the right parts? Um, all right. And I think this is a really, really important thing to talk about that kind of blew me away um, is that there's a lot of research about how this, how kids knowing correct anatomy could actually protect them from um, potential sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Fascinating. Do you want to say, do you want to explain that a little bit? So, and it's interesting because I had always understood one part of it. So I actually have a, um, a friend who is an investigator for the police force, and unfortunately, she um, her specialty was investigating sex crimes against children. Oh, so, that just hurts my heart. I know she um, does not work in that position anymore since becoming a mom. There was just really no way to put that together. Right. Um, but she said that um, one of the things that's pretty critical is that for one. A way that sex offenders can um, potentially, you know, they we do understand that they tend to groom their victims. And um, one of the things that can leave kids vulnerable to being selected for this grooming process is discomfort with their body parts and not having that proper information. And the belief is that um, prospective offenders understand that if a kiddo knows the right name for body parts, um, chances are they're in a household that talks about that pretty regularly. And it's comfortable talking about it. And it's comfortable talking about it. And so therefore, probably going to have parents who might inquire about um, what uh, they're doing and also probably these kids know boundaries around their body parts. Yeah, they so that, feel safe yeah. to talk about what's happened. Exactly. So that's kind of, that was part A. And then part B was, if the awful thing were to happen, if a child is um, knows what the names of their body parts are, um, there are more likely to be accurate reporters, you know, and, and that sounds like a horrible thing to have to imagine, you right. know, even preparing right. your kid for something like that. But it really does change the effect of the way that um, that the whole case is that processed. the justice system yeah. can work. Yeah. I think there was a blogger really recently um, who was, um, I think they were featured on the Today Show's um, parenting um, 
uh, blog, and they talked about having had gone through the awful where their child had reported sex abuse. And um, one of the challenges that the child had was in reporting what had happened. And they weren't able to move forward with the case because the child wasn't comfortable talking and also wasn't clearly reporting what had happened. And um, the mom who wrote about it said that, you know, she just really wishes that her kiddo had had that vocabulary. Wow. And, you know, I think it's, you know, obviously you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have to go through that learning curve because of something like that. Right, right. Um, I, I think it's hard for any of us to put ourselves in the position of looking at the people that we're in community with and worrying about who could potentially be an offender and yeah. a predator and grooming our children. I think we all probably look around and feel like we trust those that we're closest with. But what we have to remember is that most predators on children are family members or close to the family, yeah. right? Yeah. So I know we don't want to think about it. We don't want to imagine it. But the idea that we could potentially protect our children a bit that's fascinating, and I, I think it's something that every parent needs to know. And so to push themselves, if they are uncomfortable talking about this, it might be worthwhile getting comfortable talking yes. about this. Yeah, it was. Um, they interviewed, um, in this New York Times article, they interviewed um, an author, Robbie Harris, um, and she wrote, hands down, my favorite book um, for kiddos on this, and it's called It's Not the Stork. And I love it. We, um, I believe I have passed on my copy of It's Not the Stork, but it was a beloved book in our house for a very long time. And what's really neat about it was in the book, it actually had a section on good touches and bad touches, you know. And our first introduction to that book was actually we were babysitting a friend of mine's child. And um, she, uh, my um, husband was doing the bedtime story, and she pulled out the book and opened it to that section and was like, Mr. Jeff, will you read me this book? And he started to read it, and he was like, no, no, I will not read you this book. This is a mom and dad book. <laughs> and I just remember the look on her, you know, she just was like, no, this is a book we read. And um, and that's kind of the neat thing. To her, this was not anything unusual to, um, to talk about. And so I was grateful to... N- to have that resource when it mm-hmm. came time to talk to our own kids about it. One thing that I, I think we have to talk about when it comes to the choice to teach proper terms or not is then um, how do we also teach our children that these are parts that are private? And I yes. think this has kind of been a struggle in our house because we have a very naked house. <laughs> Our kids were very naked growing up, and my son is still very naked. Um, and so, is this something that was modeled to them? Um, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Um, but what what's important here is that it really wasn't on my mind that we need to teach the difference between being comfortable being naked. Because for me, um, you know, I work with body image all the time and I wanted to create a sense in my children where there was no shame about their body. And so that was freedom. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. But then you start walking this fine line between what's appropriate and Um, making sure that they understand what's appropriate Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to other people and their bodies and and not inducing a sense of shame. So 
I've, yes. I've struggled with this a bit. We, I, I feel like I just got some positive feedback. I, we started working with a new pediatrician, and um, both my kids went in for a well check. And, you know, she has to check their private parts quickly. Mm-hmm. She did a great job of making it a very non-event. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, my son stood up and laughed. He goes, that was really weird. <laughs> and she started laughing, and I started laughing. And I loved her so much because she was like, good. That should be weird that somebody who you don't know is just looking at your private parts. Yay! I'm so glad. Uh-huh. Um, and I want to bring this up because I think you have done a beautiful job of te- like actively and intentionally teaching your children the protection of body parts. Can you talk about that? <laughs> well, it's it's funny because um, my my middle child, I think, is like a natural-born button pusher. And so one of the <laughs> things that we have always talked about is anything that's covered by a bathing suit is private, and it should be private to you. Of course, like, I always wanted our kids to wear modest bathing suits, and that went out the window, like, super fast because there's nothing the Daily Girls love more than a bikini. <laughs> but luckily, the bathing suits still cover everything that they, needs to be protected. And um, But there was one time – and it's funny. I feel like we have these discussions always in the bathtub, and it might be just because – we're, you know, held hostage. There's not really a book or anything, you know, in the tub. And um, and usually that's when questions come about. Um, but I was going through it, you know, again, like only, you know, anything that's covered by your swimsuit is private to you. Only mommy or daddy or a doctor in the presence of mommy or daddy can, um, you know, should be looking at or touching these parts. And um, so she goes, okay. So mommies, daddies, and doctors are okay. And I was like, no, like not every mommy, not every daddy, not every doctor. I was like, mommy, the one mommy you have, <laughs> the one Your daddy mom. you have. <laughs> and, yeah, and I really wanted to make that distinction, right? Because um, the thing is, is that you want your kids to have those safety rules. Yes even when they're at other people's homes. And um, so it's funny, like, they had taken it to such an extreme. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if it really is extreme, but recently they were at, they had a sleepover and they were going to have a bath. And my daughter insisted on borrowing a swimsuit so that she could make sure that she was covered in the bathtub. And I, I love was it. really grateful for that because yeah. um, that's exactly the kind of um, modesty I want them to have because I just, I want their bodies to be safe. Yeah. Yep. And and I think that's that's the balance is to have modesty and safety and not a sense of shame. And yes. there there is there is a way to have both. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because going you know going back to the uh tub evaluations. Um, you know, one there was pretty recently, um, one of my daughters had discovered her clitoris and was like, so what is this part? And, um, you know, and it's funny because she was like, does this part, is this part of the peeing process or what does this one do? It's a great question. I know. I was like, I was like, it's a really good part, but it's not really a part that has a lot of function yet. I was like, you know, you'll come to know that part. Um, right now it's just a bump. <laughs> I love it. Age appropriateness, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn to rein it in. Um, I was actually in the background thinking, yes, you did it. You didn't have to take it any further. And um, But I do think it's like, it's good to, to have that kind of comfort with them. Yes. I'm, I mean, my hope is that they will always feel like, because I'm comfortable talking about it, they can come to me about these things. Yes. Know? I think a lot of, um, so Christian, we're both in our 40s. Yes. And I think that for most women in our age group, I don't think tons of us had comfort with our moms talking about our bodies, sex, 
Mm-mm. periods. It just wasn't a natural, easy conversation. And I want that to be different with my daughter. Yes. Um, which leads to, I think, you know, we, we need to talk about why are people uncomfortable with yeah. teaching proper terms? Because I think a lot of women... Some of you out there might be hearing this and being like, oh, ew, no, no, yeah. no, no, I can't do that. And I think um, we just have to decide what do we think is best for our kids. And and I, I'm trying to think about the reasons why we're so uncomfortable. And one is, I think, because we were not taught to be comfortable talking about yes. these things, right? Like, we have to take it upon ourselves to be comfortable with our bodies, to be able to be comfortable teaching our children about their bodies. Yes. Um, Which can be a lot of pressure, you yes. know, because I, I know, like, when I turned 40, I made a decision that I was done with any, like, any body image stuff. I was just done. I was like, you know what? This is a choice. And you are going to have to choose to just embrace and love what you have. And that's because I I was thinking about the idea that, you know, I just don't want to fight that stuff anymore, you know. And it's funny because it really was – it is a a choice that kind of I consciously have to make at times. And – but that also I knew would translate to – do the kids feel comfortable asking me any question, you know? And it's hard. I can remember one time one of my kiddos grabbed my tummy and was like, you know, that looks like that has a baby in there. I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, and which is a natural response. Yeah. But at the same time, I could see the little bit of fear that passed through her eyes. And I knew like that I didn't, I didn't want her to be afraid to ask me questions, you know? And so I think the thing is, is that it matters for us to be able to figure out to have that comfort and you know and it, whether it's like having to practice saying the words which yes. um you know I think maybe sometimes we have to do and um I I think my son said that one of his health ed classes like the teacher somehow managed to not say any of the oh critical words <laughs> and, I, and he, I was like and you know and it made him uncomfortable with the fact that she wasn't just using the right words like just just use the words you know and um <laughs> Yeah, you can tell when somebody's skirting around it and uncomfortable, right? This leads, I have to do uh, a little shout out to, I think, a hilarious show, King of the Hill. Um, Peggy was a substitute teacher and had to go in and teach sex ed in Texas. And she was super uncomfortable with those words, could not believe she had to say them. So she was practicing, practicing. Um, And my favorite line ever is her going, penis, 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 vagina, (laughs) vagina, vagina. Turns out she goes in to teach it, and all the parents had pulled their kids from sex ed because they didn't want them hearing these words. Yeah. Anywho, funny episode if you want to laugh. I love it. it. Oh, I'm going to have to track that down. That is such a great thing. Yeah. I do think there's also, I, I can understand... There were a lot of moments where I was really embarrassed my kids using the correct words mm-hmm. because I felt the judgment from other moms of like, mm-hmm. oh, your three-year-old is talking about a vagina. Yes. It's like, yep, she is. And it's hard to kind of stand tall in that and yeah. feel good about that when, you know, this is kind of a hot topic. Not everybody thinks it's okay. Not yeah. everybody thinks it's as hilarious as I do yes. when my kids are talking about private parts. Yeah. And I, well, and I, I think um, it was... On the blog Scary Mommy, I think it was a year ago, there was a um, an essay about um, the uh, 
teach the usage of the word vulva, you know, because and and I think that you know, um, Melissa, you and I use the word vagina when we really should be saying vulva. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so we've already we've already messed it up. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but, but I think the thing is, is that it's you know, it's just it is getting used to having to use the terms and trying to develop some comfort. And I do think it helps us feel better about ourselves when we can develop that comfort. Yes. What's the so what's the silliest words you've ever heard? Um, you know, this might not be the silliest, but it really gets under my skin. TT. Oh, yes. Yeah. And PP. <laughs> it just, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I do. One of, one of my favorite families here in town, they're dear friends. Um, they use the German slang because he is German, oh. which is Peepimon. Oh, and that I feel like I should know that, but I, I mean, <laughs> wow, that is a pretty good one. It is a good one. How about yeah. you? Um, I, well, I, frankly, I love Lady Flower. I think, you know, and I, I, when we joke, we occasionally will do Vajayjay, but I, um, oh, yeah, but, Vajayjay gets used a lot yeah. in our house. It's funny because I don't think my girls actually know why <laughs> I think we find that to be so funny or like, um, but yeah, that I, to me, the best one was, um, the, from the movie, there's something about Mary. And um, I, there is a scene in the movie where a guy gets his junk, like, oh, and I guess junk is one that we use yeah. a lot yeah. in the Daily House, now that I say that. Um, so he gets his junk it, caught in his zipper in the most tragic way. And, right. And, uh, and there's some question about, is that pork or is that beans? <laughs> Frank and beans. I know. <laughs> and, uh, so I would say we use pork and beans a lot too. Um, just and and it so it always makes Jeff and I crack up when we say that. And again, the kids have like no clue what this is a reference to. But um, but I uh, that one is probably one of my favorites as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Well, I, I think. I think it's important for everybody to be to know how they land on this, but I want to encourage people to take a look at maybe why they haven't been teaching. And if you have been teaching, it's cool to understand all of these factors that go into yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, because it's, I think for me, like when I realize the relationship between the words and then that layer of protection, mm-hmm. whether it's protection about like feeling good about your body or protection about being safe from sex offenders, mm-hmm. I think either one it really kind of pushes you to want to get over the discomfort, you know? Yeah. I, and, and so I think that even if it can be a matter of a conversation you have one-on-one with your kiddo about like, hey, when we say this, what we're actually talking about is this, um, I just think it, it helps to give them a leg up. Yeah. Um, I came across a really great graphic the other day that was um, body safety rules, and um, I really loved it. And um, you know, so I thought it would be good to just say what they were. It's funny because I was thinking about hanging this in my bathroom, and then I realized that um, probably um, <laughs> I, I would then definitely would be that house if I did. But I, I kind of wanted to be so yes. in their face. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was you know. So the body safety rules were you know I'm the boss of my body. No one touches my private parts but me. We keep our clothes on except when washing. Uh, which I guess, like, that's probably why this graphic probably wouldn't fit in all households. And, yeah, and then, that one doesn't always work for the Miller house. <laughs> and then there's secrets, which um, I think uh, that one is just such a critical piece, yeah. right? Um, so that, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out where, where I'm going to put that. But I want to put it somewhere. Um, 
And if I can find the source for it, we'll put it on our, our website because um, I, I definitely don't want to take credit for somebody else's work. Um, but yeah. anyways, I thought it was really good. And um, it's tied to the our, the um, blog that was um, put on the Today Parenting site. So we'll also link to that as well. Nice. One thing that I'd like to ask of, of our listeners is, A, we'd like to hear what fun terms you use for slang. <laughs> um, I think it's a riot to hear different different slang. So p- post comments, let us know. Um, also, though, if there is a reason why you are against teaching your child proper terms that um, that we're not talking about, post it in the comments, too. We'd really love to hear from those of you who are really against this. Um, you know, because we, we've talked about the fear of sexualizing our children too young. Um, but what else is there besides discomfort that we're missing? Let's get the conversation going. And thank you so much for joining us again at The Curious Mother. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Curious Mother. Learn more at www.thecuriousmother.com, where you will find resources related to episode topics. Please join our community and add your voice. Follow us on Instagram at The Curious Mother. Thanks for listening.